With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 109 of the Savage in Karate Sports podcast here for you on a Thursday night uh, at 7.11 p.m. Moments of the week to start. Uh, but before we get there and all the fun stuff we have there, Ryan, how are you doing? Doing well. You're doing better than me because I've got yeah you uh, today. Yeah, not great. Allergy season starting back up for you. That's that's yeah, very ragweed. unfortunate. Don't like ragweed. Might have. I'm playing injured. I'm Michael Jordan. So you know, it's just as we've done in the past, you adapt and you overcome. Right. That's how it yeah. usually goes. That's how we. That's how we do it around here. So yeah, I mean, moments of the week. We might as well just get right into it. Um, sure. Joan Rager to the Vikings to start, which is funny as I look for. The Twitter chat. Do you tweet yet? I did. I, right, I a little late. I was adding one last thing to the outline. I just refreshed it. That's why I had to refresh it. Oh my god! Do you? See? Oh my god! My nose is leaking. That's disgusting. I didn't even feel it. Just sit far away so no one on the camera can see it and you'll freak anybody out or disgust anybody. Oh god, that's gross. I'm sorry for anybody who had to watch that. I, it snuck up on me. It's like it <laughs> dead, it's like it had the dead silence perk in Call of Duty. Nose. <laughs> Oh my god, that's a tough scene. We're off to a hot start. We're off to a wet start. Ugh. My family, if they heard that, is probably hey, that, it's right like now. what is going on? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm home right now, but um Joan Rager to the Vikings. This is funny because as everybody picked up on after the trade, there's the old classic video of the Vikings draft room laughing when the Eagles took Joan Rager over Justin Jefferson not too long ago. Now they're teammates, so that's pretty funny. Mm. Um, we'll see what Jalen Rager does. They waived Amir Smith-Marset to make room for him. 
So maybe he slots in as a three, four receiver. Maybe he plays good in Minnesota. I don't know. I kind of doubt it, but you never know. You think some um, apologies are on the horizon there to be like, Hey, we weren't laughing at you because you suck. We were laughing at the Eagles missing it. Like think anything has to be said, or is he just like, Oh, it's water under the bridge. It's whatever. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't it doesn't bother me. Just a, just a goof, guys. Just a classic prank. We were a little overexcited that we ended up getting our guy where we wanted him, and you know the Eagles didn't take him. So that's that's what we're going with. Totally not a bullshit liar or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, but that was funny how that all worked out. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of materialized kind of quickly the day of, but they got it done, and Joan Rager has a new home. It's a much different looking receiver room in Philly this year, so I'm interested to see how that works out. Mm-hmm. Um, for another receiver they messed up on got released by the Seahawks. So that just shows how bad JJR thing Whiteside is. Yep. Um, I think his first name is JJ. I don't even remember anymore because he just didn't. I think it up. is. Yeah, it sounds, um, sounds about right. Staying on football, uh, the funny story of the Ravens mascot suffering an injury at a preseason game. They mm-hmm. Adam Schefter announced that it was season ending today. So the mascot's out for the season. They need a replacement Poe the Raven done for the year on the shelf uh-huh. um do you see harbaugh uh, harbaugh held a press conference to be like yeah he's unfortunately done for the year he tore his like whatever it was his uh his thigh bone or whatever or something ridiculous I scrolled by i scrolled by it but i didn't watch it it's actually um, pretty funny i'll give him credit i'm not a big harbaugh fan but yeah me neither and um i mean the funny thing i forgot to mention about jill and rager is that the vikings got more for jill and rager than the cowboys did for amari cooper which a lot of people were also saying so that's pretty funny mm-hmm. um just puts it more into perspective how much how little the cowboys got so um aaron donald this happened the day after we recorded last week just went yep. crazy mode in a joint practice or like a scrimmage or whatever Mm-hmm. And just started swinging helmets like Miles Garrett style plus one. The next incident like this is going to have three helmets somehow. We're just going to keep evolving. Yeah. Um, until someone becomes General Grievous and starts swinging like it's all four of them. Four, just... Yeah. And then I don't know what will happen after that. I'm kind of scared. I hope, you know, I hope it doesn't get more than four because that'd be a little too extreme. That'd for me. Be, yeah. It'd make great, t- great content. if nobody It would. Hurt. I but... feel like this got way more attention or way less attention rather than the miles Garrett one did. And maybe it's cause like, maybe it's cause like you said, the miles Garrett one was obviously in a regular season game. This was in, like you said, a joint practice or a scrimmage or whatever it was. Um, And maybe it's the fact that it's Aaron Donald and everyone kind of thinks, you know, not of him as like a golden boy, but like, he's a well-known, not to say miles Garrett is a God. He is. I mean, he's, yeah, he's arguably the best defensive player in the league. Um, But yeah, just crazy. Again, the, the image in the video of him dual wielding him just, coming over the top was insane like you said i'm very curious to see who the next clown's gonna be what how you step it up from here because you almost you have to go three but then the question comes into how the hell do would you wield three helmets at once and yeah it would be you have to have some giant hands and maybe clip one to like your thumb or something and you need like a jousting spear and you like slot them through yeah you get all three of them and they just fly off and hit somebody Uh um we got game of thrones in the mind i guess that's why that came up with the house Mm -hmm. of the dragon but yeah, and I mean, is there a more terrifying player to have swinging That's helmets? That's what I mean. League? Imagine, yeah, that coming is. at you. No, not in the slightest. I mean, yeah, like, he's just like actually crafted from the gods to play football. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just not a guy I'd want to get on the bad side of. He was the only psycho step up from like what, what you just said. Like, you think of a worse person. Like Miles Garrett was the first person that comes to mind. And then it's like the only person yeah. that could top that is probably Aaron Donald. But he'd never do that. And now it's 
all out there. And not, like I said, I, I feel like this didn't get pick up as much steam as the Garrett one did, but still absolutely insane that you had to have done something really wild to piss off a guy like Aaron Donald. Cause he seems like a pretty mild mannered guy for obviously the sport that he plays and you know how much of a monster he is. Doesn't seem like it's, you know, it, it's easy to get under his skin, but this no. obviously happened then and there. And now this is what you get. Too much dog in him, I'll say. Absolutely. Um, just a couple quick NHL notes because we're not we don't have like a whole segment, uh, but there has been some news, so I figured I'd just throw them in moments of the week. Um, Tage Thompson, seven year, fifty million dollar extension, more than I thought he would have gotten. I probably said like six point five if I had to guess, but I mean, it's a guy that's become a really good scorer, big body. Uh, still have some things to work on to become like a fully complete stud, but he looks to be the part. It took him a little while. Um, took him a few years more than maybe expected, but uh, he's a big bona fide sniper. So they get him locked up. You know, they, they're rebuilding, but they got to start spending that money somehow down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just, you know, deal with rookie deals all the time. And they have lots of uh, cheap deals on that team still. So uh, you got Jake Ottinger today re-upping with Dallas. It's been a weird summer for Dallas RFAs, like varying reports of how things are going, but they get it done with Ottinger. Now they have to sign Jason Robertson, who scored 41 goals last year at like 22 years old. So have fun with that. Um, but yeah, Jake Ottinger, I mean, three years, 12 million for a guy who put together one of the best seven game series performances ever this year against the Flames. Um, and honestly, had a pretty good season. He's kind of like slowly taking the number one job more and more as the season went on. Stud, former BU Terrier. Uh, a guy I wanted the Bruins to draft. This was before. This is the same year as Jeremy Swayman. But if there was a year to take a goalie, I would have taken Ottinger. And either way, wouldn't have worked out too bad for the Bruins because Ottinger's pretty good and uh, he's still young. He's probably going to get a lot better. So, I mean, $4 million a year on a bridge deal, I think there's a really solid chance he eclipses that value probably right away. Like, he's a pretty good goalie and he's still very young. Uh, speaking of goalies, Aiden Hill traded to Vegas for a 2024 fourth. Vegas loses letter for the year or expected to be the year, but now more and more reports come out that it's going to happen. Aiden Hill goes to Vegas. Laura Brassois is going to miss the start of the season. So they just want like a sure thing. I guess another option besides Logan Thompson. So they give up a little bit for him. Not too bad of a deal. Um, and then Phillips Adina, like a day or two after we recorded last goes back to Detroit three years, 5.475 million. So like around 1.8 something million, not a bad deal for Detroit. Don't hate that. I think if Zadina hits his potential as a big time point producer, that deal could look like an absolute steal for a few years, but he's a guy that's taken a little while to uh, hit his stride, but we'll see. Detroit's kind of on the come up. So maybe, 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 maybe Philip Zadina will really crush that value over the next few years, but just a couple NHL notes uh, with Kirby doc news, wrapping it up. Sounds like from Eric Engels, who is a Montreal uh, writer slash beat reporter, as I just mentioned on the air with at Martin LeMay at BPM Sports Radio and at Freege HNIC, and I were looking into Kirby Doc's status over the last week, and it sounds like it sounds as though one of the options being discussed is a four-year deal around three point five million dollar AAV. Um, won't be surprised if that's where this lands. Be pretty reasonable. It's a little bit of an overpay given his production right now, but Kirby Doc will probably be worth that by the end of that deal. So. Just some NHL news real quick in the middle of moments of the week because we're not doing a whole like segment as we get closer and closer to Bruins season, the more content we'll have. But, uh, you know, a few things, but nothing too crazy in the NHL mm-hmm. over the past uh, week. So, yeah, that's a quick way to catch up in moments of the week. Not too bad. And uh, on to your moment of the week. 
Yeah, it's one I just don't understand um, in the slightest. I feel like a lot of people kind of shared the same thought. I don't know if you do because we really haven't talked about it, so I'll get it now. Um, But the 49ers choosing to make Jimmy Garoppolo the highest-paid backup quarterback in the NFL this year uh, on Monday. They agreed to restructure Jimmy G's contract after we heard all the rumors about potentially trading him uh, this offseason, maybe moving him, maybe buying him out, stuff like that. He sticks from San Francisco as the backup. Schefter had it. Uh, Jimmy G's one-year restructured deal is worth $6.5 million in base. Fully guaranteed, has another total of 500000 in roster bonuses. Uh, he also has playtime bonuses, which is a little strange to me. Why would you give a guy playtime bonuses if he's signing a backup quarterback contract, which to me kind of screams, tell me you don't trust Trey Lance without telling me you don't trust Trey Lance. Uh, so that can boost the, the deal to another nine, uh, nearly another $9 million. Uh, and then to sum it up, so one year, seven mil, just shy of 16, potentially uh, with all the incentives and stuff. I don't get what the 49ers are doing here. Like I said, to me, it doesn't scream, seem like they have the confidence in Trey Lance having Jimmy G stick around. Um, I've seen some people argue, and I'm kind of on the side of this as well. Jimmy G, why, if you're him, why wouldn't you kind of go to the 49ers and say, I want to be a starting quarterback somewhere. I don't want to sit. So trade me, get me the hell out of here. Seattle's been calling for a quarterback. They need one. They, I, think showed interesting Garoppolo in the offseason at least a couple times so maybe it's you know the 49ers didn't want to trade into Seattle that was the thing but if I'm Garoppolo I'm I'm screaming crying praying whatever get me out of here I want to be a starter this to me makes Jimmy G and there's obviously been the the reports and the rumors that Jimmy G is a little soft um this backs that up to me as well that you know he doesn't want to be a starter he wants to kind of take the the easy route of I'll just chill on the bench if Lance doesn't work out I'll come in six, seven games into the year, right out the rest of the season, and then go on my way. Um, so a, a bad look on both ends. I have it being, I feel like, a worse look on Garoppolo for those reasons. Uh, but, you know, the 49ers have botched this situation really since day one with, you know, what they said about Garoppolo at the end of last season, going into this year, like I said, talking about probably going to move him, going to trade him, and then they don't. It's just a, it's a weird look on both ends and not, not a great one, uh, but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just screams they couldn't trade Garoppolo, so they kind of found a way to make him happy because, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't the case. He wouldn't sign the deal. Exactly, um, yep. So, yeah, it's whatever. I mean, there's no guarantee that Trey Lance is a guaranteed stud. Uh, those playing time incentives reward him if, you know, Trey is to fumble, uh, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. But it is weird. It is weird to, like, you don't really see stuff like this happen in this exact type of scenario i feel like it's pretty rare i can't even think of another example like this where you restructure a deal specifically to be a backup and with a rookie qb i feel like it's just pretty uncommon like this mm-hmm. um but i mean he's gonna hit unrestricted free agency next year which is good for him at this point but like in the back of his mind he's gonna be like god this is gonna limit my ability to cash out next summer i was just gonna say the same thing so, what like, what does a team have to go i mean obviously he's had a, a decent nfl career he's been to a super bowl and he's won super bowls as a backup so there's that to fall back on but like a team going into the offseason to negotiate with him is going to be like well we have nothing especially if he doesn't play it all this year we have nothing to go off of what you did last year so what exactly do you think you're worth here on the market like it's it's a weird situation like you said and one that i don't see really working out for Garoppolo, unless, like you mentioned, Lance doesn't work out, but they seem somewhat committed to him. Again, with this, it just doesn't seem like it to me, but who knows? It's a weird situation in San Francisco. You think they would have been able to clean this up a little bit, um, but like I said, maybe they didn't want to deal within the division to Seattle because that, that was the thing, too. The, the market really closed up on him. I mean, it took forever for Baker Mayfield to find a new home when he got traded, so maybe there was really nothing else on the table for Jimmy G, but 
again, can't say it enough, strange situation that you would have thought would get cleared up at some point and just never did. Yeah, and the thing, I don't know how, you know, I'm not a GM, so I don't know how much Mm -hmm. this makes the deal more tradable. Like, say someone loses a QB for the year and they go right to Jimmy G. Is this contract more tradable? Does the desperation factor come in and they're more willing to trade? Mm -hmm. Whatever team it may be. Uh, I don't know, but that's something to monitor. And look, if I'm Jimmy G next summer, I am expect I'm expecting him to land in Houston if Davis Mills doesn't work out or they just yep. don't feel like that's enough. You have the Casario connection. Seattle's had interest, so if Drew Locke and or Geno Smith don't work out or they just want to go a new direction unless they were to draft a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they get rid of both of them, sign Garoppolo and draft someone. I don't know, some combination of that. I'm still watching Seattle. And Indy, Indy has a new I was, TV every. I was year. just going to ask them what's Matt Ryan's contract situation. Like they like love they the carousel, so in Mayfield, and they might have had like a little bit of interest. I feel like I heard in Jimmy. So mm-hmm. if they keep the trend going, unless who did they? Who did they freaking? Did they draft someone this year? They did. Uh, crap. Who was? They didn't draft. Was it Ellinger or Elger, Whatever his yeah, name is. Ellinger, but he wasn't drafted though, right? He's been there. He was drafted a year two or two years ago, in like the yeah. seventh round. I don't think they did draft someone because I had them pinned. Like it just felt like a Sam Howell landing spot for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't draft the QB this year. So, okay. So yeah, it opens up the door. Definitely yeah. for Garoppolo to go there next year, but, but yeah, like we don't know if Matt Ryan's going to be a, how long he's going to be in Indy. So those mm-hmm. are three teams I'd watch, but I mean, at least if you're Jimmy G, you're getting a, a nice comfy payday to sit on the bench. So exactly. I mean, at least there's that. There's not like, I don't know. Like I said, though, that really doesn't help the the connotation that he's not the toughest guy in the locker room. Like, there's been multiple, multiple reports and guys that have come out and kind of said that without saying that. Like, Martellus Bennett, Julian Edelman, guys like that. He also probably has a realistic, like, not expectation, but, like, feel on where he is. He's 30 and Mm -hmm. he hasn't, like, been a consistent like stud QB or like even always serviceable. Like he's still a guy that needs to prove himself at 30 years old. So he's probably Mm -hmm. like, yeah, whatever. Like I'll see what I can do next summer. It kind of sucks in some aspects, but we'll see what happens with Jimmy G. I mean, he's got quite the interesting case it has for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, speaking of 49ers QB stuff, the whole report of from Mike Lombardi of them wanting Tom Brady and Mac Jones. That's pretty nuts. Ridiculous. Yeah. That would have been wild. Let me tell you, like, Mm -hmm bump up the wildometer meter for that but absolutely yeah i mean that's gonna wrap it up for moments of the week uh where did we want to go from here we discussed this before we went live but i, I think it was celtics and basketball because it was mainly yeah. going to be the celtics but danny ainge kind of stepped in and switched that up a little bit with the donovan mitchell trade that broke what around six o'clock ish kind of an yeah. hour a little little before maybe Oh um, yeah, a little before yeah I think. I think yeah i think that's what it was um but yeah donovan mitchell finally gets his wish I, According to, I saw right before we jumped on, Woj, apparently the Knicks had a deal in place a couple nights ago, but stalled out on, I looked up the play, I can't remember his name now, and that's kind of the point I was getting at. Some young, random player, I can't, I can't remember his name, um, stalled out on a deal. It was R.J. Barrett and somebody else, and the Knicks said no, and then... So they signed Barrett. Yeah, they, they extended they said, Barrett, yeah. yep, and then didn't want to trade whatever the no, player was that I can't time. remember. Yep, I mean, that's... Not a surprise. I think he said he wanted more of a workload. But the matter at hand, the Donovan Mitchell trade, he was traded. It was not to the Knicks. It was to uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is from Sham Sharani earlier. So, quote, sources, the Cleveland Cavaliers are trading Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen. I think it's 
Oche or Ochai. Oh, thank you. Um, three first round picks and two pick swaps for the Utah Jazz for Donovan Mitchell. Uh, also from Shams after that, he said sources Colin Sexton is signing a four year, $72 million contract via signing trade with the Utah Jazz. And Woj added on Cleveland is sending its three unprotected picks to Utah in 2025, 2027, and 2029 because in the NBA, you're always playing 2K when it comes to all these trades and picks down the road. Uh, and the pick swaps are in 2026 and 2028, sources tell ESPN. Along with the Rudy Gobert trade with Minnesota, Utah has gathered 13 unprotected or lightly protected picks through 2029. I think you added this here, all the players and the picks that were uh, acquired. Seven unprotected first-round picks, three first-round pick swaps. Uh, Agbaji, like you said, the number 14 overall pick in 2022. Walker Kessler, the number 22 pick in the year 2022. He's he's already been traded twice, and he was just drafted this year. That makes you feel great as a player, doesn't it? Yeah. Welcome I mean, to the like, NBA. It's more of a business than anything else. Sorry, yeah, kid. Like, like, hey, man, <laughs> who's who's to rule out a third trade before the season? Exactly. Who the hell knows? This, this poor guy is going to get passed around the NBA. That is, uh, he's going to have that dog in him. The, all these teams wanted to trade him. So credit to the uh, Jazz. Better hope Jazz so. going to get a dog. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt was also doubted. And, of course, Markin and Sexton, Malik Beasley, uh, and Patrick Beverly, who was another guy that's been tossed around this offseason. Yeah, he's now with Taylor, the, the Taylor LA Lakers. Morton Tucker, who was always in, like, every single Lakers trade proposal. Mock tra- yeah, he's, Twitter somehow. he's the equivalent of Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier for the Yankees. Like, oh, every boy. every trade the, uh, the Lakers. The yeah, exactly. We're in on it was uh, – it was that guy. Um, but yeah, just crazy. I mean, it, it, I was talking with my dad earlier. It seems like Danny Ainge has kind of taken the same approach he had with the Celtics and acquire all these draft picks and build up the draft capital. And, you know, maybe Utah fans don't want to hear it if there's any listening, but don't expect any of those picks to move coming from two Celtics fans. Maybe Danny Ainge has had a change of heart and he'll maybe do something with those picks. But I heard Felger and Maz joke about it. They said, whatever the Utah Jazz is uh, – whatever it is, G League team or whatever it's called now, uh, that team's going to be stacked for years to come because of all those players that'll end up on that team and not really pan out. But a crazy deal, uh, a little surprising that Mitchell ends up going to, to Cleveland of all places. You would have thought when he wanted out of, of Utah, maybe it was to go to a more flashier place like the Knicks, but apparently they fumbled the bag again. Stephen A. Smith was not happy on Twitter, I saw. Um, crazy trade. Clearly Utah's in rebuild mode, trading Wago Bear and Mitchell. There's some other guys that are probably gonna or some other dominoes that are probably gonna fall. Uh in guys like Bogdanovich and why am I drawing a blank on the point guard? Mike Connolly, a couple other veteran guys that could move, but they're in rebuild mode. The Cavs have uh loaded up. They now have Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Okoro, Mobley, and Allen. Kendrick Perkins, I saw, said that's maybe the best starting five on paper in the NBA, which is a little crazy to say. Um, but we know Perk, he's kind of known for the outlandish takes your carry overall on. thoughts exactly and then ending every tweet with carry on and everything he does with carry That's on funny. um but like i have here hoops empire put out a good tweet and you know the top teams in the eastern conference now just to look at how absolutely loaded the east is going to be this year you look at boston obviously with smart brown tatum horford and williams uh, milwaukee drew holiday Jer- uh, jared allen not jared allen excuse me grayson allen uh, Middleton, Giannis, and Lopez, Philadelphia with the combo of Harden, Maxi, Harris, PJ Tucker, and Joel Embiid. Brooklyn running it back. Say what you will about that situation, um, but on paper, you know Kyrie, Seth Curry, KD, Ben Simmons, Nick Claxton, Cleveland, like I said, with Garland, Mitchell, Okoro, Mobley, and Allen. Miami with Lowry, Oladipo, Butler, Caleb Martin, Bam Adebayo. Uh, the East is absolutely stacked. You know, those are probably going to be five of the top six, seven teams in the league. They'll all be battling it out. 
Um, where do you put Cleveland in there? I'm kind of in the boat of still a little young and inexperienced. You know, Donovan Mitchell has had a decent amount of playoff experience, but, you know, has not been able to get over the hump. That's a big thing a lot of people talk about. Um, so I wouldn't put them at the, you know, the upper echelons, but they're definitely getting there. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing when I first saw this is like, are they a threat to the Celtics now? I think they were to begin with on a very low scale. Yeah. I think this yep. definitely gives them way more of a case to be a mm-hmm. threat to the Celtics. But like, yep. look, when it all comes down to it, if we, you know, fast forward to the playoffs, I'm taking the Celtics still. I'm not absolutely, like, I'm not like, oh no, like the rain is over. Like we have a legit competitor now, mm-hmm. much more legit when they were than they were before, but I need to see how this works out. Absolutely. He's talking about Garland, Mobley, and Mitchell together, which is, you know, I mean, that's freaking crazy. That's a great trio. Mm-hmm. You have guys like Okoro on the side who's who's not too shabby himself. But, um, yeah, I don't think they're a legit threat to the Celtics, like, super, super concerning. But, I mean, definitely a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you never know. If, if they click and, you know, I mean, Jared Allen's fantastic, too. I didn't even he mention is, yep. him. Like, I don't know who their GM man, is, man, but – He's done a really good job. Doing his due diligence, absolutely. Like, but really good job. Mm-hmm. My big thing with Cleveland is it gives them, I mean, obviously they were a good team last year, were the, probably the biggest surprise of the, the entire NBA last year. Um, but, you know, I think the one thing a lot of people knocked them for, and again, they can't control that, but they didn't have that one big superstar player that, you know, a lot of these legitimate contenders have, and now they get that. The thing that you look at with the Celtics all these teams I mentioned, you know, Milwaukee, they're not an old team, but you know, there's some guys that have been around. Um, and again, I don't want to say the window's closing, but the, the thing on the Celtics, everyone always talked about was, you know, the Celtics are young Tatum and Brown, obviously the core of the two young guys, they're going to be around for a while. Cleveland with Mitchell now kind of gives you that. That's what scares me about Cleveland. Is there a team that could stick around and be competitive with the Celtics for a while? Like Milwaukee, how they more towards the end of I mean, not that they had a run a run or anything, but you know, they've been a good team. You know, Philly with Harden, Harden's older, P.J. Tucker's older, and Bede's still young. But, you know, that's a team that – some questions there. Cleveland's I mean, a team that could stick let's around. Be real. Let's be real. Like, Harden is not a factor once the playoffs go around. No, know, not so. – no, nope, not in the slightest. Yeah. But, but that's the thing, like, for me, that, that's what worries me about Cleveland is they have this young, controllable superstar player that, you know, maybe could stick there. Does that put them over the hump? Does that make them a more scary competitive team against Boston down the road? I think it does. But I'm with you. I still think experience – Obviously, now with the NBA Finals trip will reign true for the Celtics if you put them in a series with Cleveland. Um, and again, you know, I don't didn't look into it. You know, how is Cleveland's depth? Obviously, the Celtics' depth is going to be tested now as we'll get to the Gallinari injury in a second. Um, but yeah, obviously, great move for Cleveland. It helps, like I said, can't say it enough. Gets that them that number one superstar player, and you said it. You know, the trio of Garland, Mitchell, and Mobley, and even Jared Allen, who I think is one of the more underrated centers in the league, is going to be in a Coro too. I mean, he had a, uh, an excellent rookie season. Like, definitely a scary team for the next four to five plus years if they can keep it all together. Yeah, and it adds an interesting level to the friendship with Brown and Tatum, too. True. Yep. That's very true. So, that's, I mean, at the very least, it adds a very interesting competition and like a matchup we could see very consistently in the playoffs. So, Mm -hmm. be fun. Hopefully, you know, for our sake, the Celtics win, but. Um, I think regardless, we have some an entertaining series or multiple with the Cavs coming Absolutely. up in the next yep. three, four years, maybe longer. So that's cool, at least. That makes the league more exciting than a fantastic player like Mitchell 
playing in Utah. Absolutely. You know, very, yep. very clearly rebuilding. So mm-hmm. they it's going to be a, that even a more. tough, tough season for Utah. Like they'll, like yeah. I said, more, more trades for that team probably to come. I wonder if they'll hold on to Conley to start the season and then maybe deal him as the year goes on. Look um, at that Wambanaya kid, Victor Wambanaya next year. Yeah. will be number nope. one. Be all set. I might have butchered that last name. I think it's Wambanaya, but I'm not, definitely not the guy to ask once, for that. And one of my friends is telling me, like, oh, this kid's gonna be number one, no doubt, next year. He's like seven foot two. He's playing in Europe. He's Victor Wambanaya or something. So <laughs> Wombology. Cool name. Wombology. It is study nope. a Wombo. Somebody a Wombo. Yep. But yeah, you were talking about Gallinari earlier. And look, man, I was terrified when i saw this one picture in particular yeah it's a picture that was going around twitter yep i thought broken leg six to seven month recovery fuck like Mm -hmm. immediately i was like there's no way he didn't break his leg here like i saw one picture looks like the bone was about to protrude his skin or at least start Mm -hmm. to and i was like oh my god he snapped his leg like he done so like this sucks but well the thing is i didn't even know what happened until because it was obviously it happened overseas in the the FIBA world cup so those games are on it obviously kind of weirdo times, uh, but I got to work Sunday morning. And as I'm punching in, one of the kids that was there was like, Oh, torn ACL for Gallinari. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he said that gold found the picture on Twitter. So you find that and same thing. You see it rupturing in the, it's like worst case scenario to think, but I guess if there's a positive, the Celtics did dodge worst case scenario. The report was it was a torn meniscus um, for Gallinari, according to sport Sportando, I think the Italian press, um, he'll miss at least two months. That's kind of the the talk around the league is he's going to be out for a couple months. Um, if all goes to plan, some reports seem to think he'll be back for November. He'll miss all of the six games the Celtics have in October. So you're not going to have Gallinari. Um, obviously a big blow because it's a guy I know you and I were both very high on when they signed him, as were a lot of people. It's a guy that fit a clear, a clear need, size with shooting, um, that has experience. Now you don't have that. Where is that production going to come from? The Celtics, once again, their depth is going to be tested. I saw, I think it was Chris Forsberg, say that you're probably going to see the same rotations or close to what you saw last year. That means Tatum and Brown are probably going to play extra minutes to start the season. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. We talked about it a little bit. I think you were the one that said you want to get those guys off their feet, have them not play so many minutes to start the year. This obviously hurts that. Um, Maybe it means a bigger role for a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, who obviously was brought in too. That's kind of where I think or they could go in the direction of you know does Sam Hauser get more minutes he's a similar player to Gallinari can shoot off the dribble um but you know there is not a lot known about Sam Hauser so that's kind of an iffy decision to go in that direction Hauser's really interesting because the first thing that jumped out to me was the three-year term he got Mm -hmm. or it might have added to his term making it three years whatever but it's kind of interesting for a guy who hasn't done like a ton like when he's played I feel like he was good Mm-hmm. He's a guy that, you know, was highly touted come out of college, had to really worked out, found a little bit of a role here, some trust enough yep. to get this extension now. So maybe Sam Hauser gets that opportunity now, like you said, and maybe he thrives and that just reinforces your stability on the bench even more, which would mm-hmm. be dope. So, yep. The other thing too I saw is they could go back to their small ball thing. We really obviously lean on a guy like Grant Williams a little more. Tatum gets moved to the four. Again, you know, now that we know about the Tatum injury that he occurred with, how much do you want him banging around with power forwards and potentially centers if, you know, has to get switched onto those being the playing the four um, or they could go in the bigger direction, you know, Luke Cornett, Noah Vonley, uh, Fondue, Kevin Gelly. Noah Vonley and Denzel Valentine. If he makes yeah, he's here too. That was another kind of insurance move. So maybe those guys see some more minutes because I think they're going to have to, because again, you talk about the start of the season, we both said it, you don't want 
specifically Al Horford, uh, obviously the veteran, the old man of the team. You don't want him playing big minutes to start the year. Rob Williams coming back from an injury. So their depth is going to be tested again. That's what sucks about this, this injury. Maybe you see a little bit more of Peyton Pritchard than we thought we might at the start of the year. Uh, maybe, you know, the injury opens up a, a bigger role for him. We'll have to wait and see. One name that has been thrown around, we have talked about him in the past because it has come up in the past, um, but apparently Carmelo Anthony has been linked to the Celtics. This was from Scoop B, uh, apparently an, an NBA insider from Volley Sports on Twitter, said, quote, Carmelo Anthony has been considered a potential signee by the Boston Celtics in recent days following Danilo Gallinari's suffered torn meniscus in his left knee on Saturday. I'm told Knicks are still believed to have interest in the former Laker, Thunder, Blazer, and Rocket. I'll give Melo credit. You know, he's taken a bench role the last couple of seasons, last two years with Portland and the Lakers. He's played 138 games, but only six starts. You know, that's around 25 minutes a game. He's played averaging uh, just over 13 points per game shooting. Okay. It is mellow though. That there, there is some baggage that comes with it. Not a great defensive player, you know, kind of just a straight scorer, which isn't the worst thing. Um, like I said, has taken to the role, the diminished role of the last couple of seasons, but I don't, think you're high of looking at your really quick I don't think you're high on Mello um what are your thoughts on on him coming in here battling the runny nose again yeah you can um, see you're struggling look if he is putting up 13.4 points per game over this stretch with of 138 games with Portland and LA I'm okay with it I'm not like clamoring for a 38 year old player of course you know yeah that's quite the pedigree not that he yep. once had but I mean Mello is, I mean, one of the most talked about guys in the NBA for so long. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with it. I don't see him like with this role being a guy that could potentially screw anything up in terms of like leadership. Like anytime you talk about a, a lead, like a big time player coming to the Celtics, I was like, is he going to gel with Tatum, Smart, and Brown? With this backseat role he's taken, I don't see that happening. So I hope nobody's worried about that unless they mm-hmm. have better reason than I think there is out there to believe so. Um, yeah, I mean, I do it, but I'm just not like, oh my God, we need Mellow, we need Mellow, we need Mellow. I think they'll be all right. I think they can survive without him because my big thing too is is when, I mean, it's a big if, if Gallinari is able to return. It's a, it's a massive injury he's returning from. Um, and even if, you know, when he does return, if he can get up to speed, my kind of thing is if you do sign Carmelo, yes, it's, it's a diminished role, but with if, when Gallinari, if he comes back, that role is going to be diminished probably even more. So I don't know how Carmelo Anthony would take to that. Again, he has shown that, you know, he is on the surface fine with coming off the bench, but you know, there, again, there are other questions of, you know, the leadership stuff and the, you know, the, the personality I've, I've read an article today talking about, you know, how he's still kind of a, a do- ball dominant guy. Um, so you just took the whole season to finally get through the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to move the ball and not have it stick. Mello at times still falls into that. You know, the ball has to be in his hand stick type of thing. So I just, I don't know if that would gel well. Again, he's not going to cost you a lot. He's just made over two and a half million, both the last two years of Portland and the Lakers. So it's a deal that is not going to come with a, a hefty price tag. But again, I just I I'm not ready to shell out money for like like you said, 38 year old Carmelo Anthony. Like maybe he still has something left in the tank. But I just I think right now the Celtics and again, like you mentioned, they gave Sam Hauser a two year extension. I think it was um, to put it at three years, like you said. They must see something in him. They must think he's going to have an increased role in the rotation. So to get to do that to him and then bring in Carmelo Anthony to kind of push back on the the role you, they might see Hauser stepping into, like it's kind of kind of counterintuitive you're kind of moving sideways again like Melo is probably the better player here 
but I just, I think the Celtics are going to be able to survive without, you know, the Gallinari injury for the first couple months. If things, I, if Carmelo Anthony doesn't get signed before the season starts and maybe things don't get off to a hot start, then maybe you consider bringing him in. But right now, like you mentioned, you know, they have Valentine here as well. They brought him in. Like you have a decent amount of options. I think you can maybe skate by without bringing in or overreacting and, and making a move like bringing in Carmelo Anthony. I'll say this, just one last thing on Melo is the jersey sales will be high. Whether oh, through the roof, here, absolutely. Whether it's here, if he goes back to the Knicks and it just gives Knicks fans that nostalgia. Mm-hmm. If he comes here, he can't wear seven, so he'd have to wear That's like true. something different. Um, but yeah, I mean, on top of that too, like I'm not like a huge Melo fan by any means. I'm not one of those people that hates him either. I'm just kind of like, he's Melo. You know, indifferent, he's, yeah. He's not as good as he used to be. I'm kind of just indifferent on him. But, like, it would be cool to see a guy with the name like that on the Celtics. I'm not going to lie. From that perspective, seeing Carmelo Anthony on the Celtics would be cool because he's, you know, one of the better basketball players we've seen in our life. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'd be cool from that perspective. But I'm not necessarily chopping at the bit. But if they do it, they do it. It's really no sweat off my back. Nope. So. We'll have to wait and see on it. Maybe they'll surprise us and go out and make that move. But again, I think they're fine without him to start. If things, you know, go sideways, then I, which I don't think they will. Maybe you take a flyer on the guy, but but who knows? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's like mm. you said. So we want to do Patriots or Red Sox next. Uh, we can your own adventure, everybody. Yeah, this is how this is. It's, it's a Thursday. We're changing it up a bit when it comes to everything. Uh, we can do Red Sox really quick because it's not going to take a whole lot of time. They're really one. Notable thing with them was the Jared Carabas report uh, from you know, Jared Carabas of DraftKings, former Barstool, um, on his podcast on Monday, had an interesting little tidbit of information pertaining to the futures of Alex Cora and Heim Bloom with the Red Sox. Um, I think maybe one of those should be looked into more than the other. Um, but Carabas basically said Alex Cora's job is safe, but they quote, ownership hasn't been thrilled with Bloom's performance in 2022. And if he doesn't nail the offseason, he may be out as CBO. Sam Kennedy, which a lot of people found interesting, was very quick to respond to that on the, the pregame show for the Red Sox, I think that night or maybe uh, Tuesday night. Uh, he shot down the reports. He said, quote, I'm very comfortable saying Hyman and Alex will be back. I am very confident saying there is a strong belief in the direction of the franchise from our ownership group. Kennedy also went on to say, quote, uh, the whole group is outstanding. I know we're in a tough spot right now, but we have a lot of flexibility going into the off season. I'm really excited to see what we're going to do with the flexibility and the resources we have. Interesting that flexibility has been mentioned twice in that comment. You and I have talked previously on this very show that the flexibility might be challenged in the offseason with what, with what you did this year. And again, not getting under the luxury tax at the deadline, not moving things around. Um, a lot of question marks going into the offseason with guys, you know, like Eovaldi, Martinez, Bogarts. Do you want to resign those guys or give Bogarts an extension? Um, I don't see the flexibility. I don't see the resources. Like, obviously, you, you could trade maybe some of these draft picks that you've got or these, these prospects that you've gotten. But Bloom wasn't brought here to do that. He was brought here to restock the farm system. He hasn't really given you any confidence he is going to move those guys. Um, so I just found it interesting. Like, Carabas isn't a guy, as we know, that just kind of throws shit at the wall and hopes it sticks. Like, he's very in tune and, you know, talks to the players, talks to the manager a lot. Um, so you have to think these, these reports are coming from someone within the organization, again, whether that's players or coaches. Um, if it's true, kudos to the front office for putting some pressure on Bloom. You know, we thought that maybe they were just kind of going with a laissez-faire approach and just saying, just run this like it's a Tampa Bay Rays and do whatever you want. Um, so I'll give credit there, but it's a weird situation. We kind of talked about it briefly, you know, is, is or should Heim Bloom be looked at as a guy maybe that gets fired? Um, 
Alex Cora, no, I just, I can't bring myself to say Alex Cora should get fired again. We always talk about, you know, exactly. It falls on. It's the same thing we talked about with Bruce Cassidy and Don Sweeney, you know, who's putting the roster together and who's the one that has to coach these players. Like, so Cora's future should be safe. Yeah, exactly. Um, There's the motorcycle. Uh, Heim Bloom should exactly Heim Bloom should absolutely be on the hot seat going into the offseason. Like, name a move for a couple moves that he has done that's been you know well. I feel like a lot of his tenure here has been more negative than positive. And maybe you know that's the hand he's been dealt. Obviously, the Betts trade was the first move he had to make, so that that puts him in a bad light to begin with. But absolutely, after this season and the way it's gone down, the moves that have been made, and I think right now you're you're trying to see him correcting, uh, trying to correct a lot of wrongs. And DFA and guys like Saul Mora and getting Austin Davis out of here, but you keep Ryan Brazier around and you have all these other guys that are still kind of here. He's gotta be like next. I don't know how he's still on a major league roster. Like you would have thought with those two other guys gone and you're waiting, you're like, okay, when's the the Brazier news coming? And it never did. So I, again, it kind of pertains to the whole uh, the whole season of doesn't know what direction you're going in. Um but I found it interesting that this kind of came out right around this time and the season's winding down, things have not gone right. And like I said, Carabas isn't a guy that just kind of throws stuff out there and hopes you know, it gets picked up by someone. This has to be coming from somewhere. Yeah. And the fact that Sam Brazier was – Sam Brazier, oh, my God, I'm mixing up names now. Sam mm-hmm. Kennedy was so quick to shoot it down kind of makes me a little suspicious that this exactly. is true. Yep. He's just kind of put out, trying to put out the fire. Poor Brazier, man. Like, I have no reason to hate on this guy, but, like, 35, like – maybe thinking about retirement you're just having this terrible season like i think this is his sign to retire like yep it's it's just it's not working and the guy made a a career out of nothing like Mm -hmm. wasn't he like 29 when he started becoming yeah he had to go over to like to the the korean league or the japanese one of the leagues overseas story yeah pretty much reinvent himself right off not really into the sunset with how the team is but like you've accomplished more than you probably expected so for him like He's got a decision like, I wouldn't want to play for this team if I'm 35 and playing bad. Like, the same, hell no. And who's going to sign him? Like, maybe a team to a minor league deal, but. Yeah, maybe a team that's like the Marlins or someone that's just trying to fill your bullpen with just kind of major league caliber players. But in reality, it's like these are guys, like you said, that are kind of over the hill past their their prime type of thing. Yeah. But. That's besides I don't know. the point. I'm in, I'm in the camp, like I just mentioned. I think that Sam Kennedy shot it down so fast. Mm-hmm. kind of makes me think it's true. And I'm with you. I don't think Cora should be fired. He's had a terrible roster in front of him for the large majority of the season. It gets to a point where, like, what can you really do on a consistent basis? Mm-hmm. Could he do better at times? Absolutely. Sure, like, yeah, not, anybody can. Like he's just exonerated completely. But, like, nope. this just isn't on Cora. No, not in the slightest. Partially, but the large majority is high and blue in the team. Like, You've had injury troubles, but like the team is just underperformed too. Like mm-hmm. there's just no doubt. Of, you know, no, I'm saying the obvious here, but you know, part of that with the injury luck too. I think it would have been much more ideal to ha- get more out of Trevor Story and have him healthy mm-hmm. for the more of the season. Like I feel like he's, I feel like I never see him in the lineup anymore. Like how long has he been hurt for? He came back. Two nights ago, the other night, he yeah, was playing the other night. Right. Um, but I think he's a guy probably the rest of the way they're going to go every other day, every yeah. other couple of days like here and there. The season, but They're in the stage like Tanner Houck shut down today. Yep. The rest of the season. Eovaldi's been pushed back. He had a setback. Eric Cosmer, up, same call thing. Call like, Cautious eventually. Call up Brian Mata, Bayo. That, that, there's some reliever like Politi or something that – um, I saw someone mention they could call up. I think mm-hmm. it was AJ Pledia. Could be totally wrong. Call some of these young yeah. guys up and just see what you can get the rest of the season. Like mm-hmm. it's it's at that stage. 
It's not you're, happening. You're playing for you nothing. Dumb, you have nothing you to lose. You took the like, gamble that was so predictable and it didn't work. Just you, you came here to build a prospect. Well, like you said, get a barometer on some of these guys at the MLB, MLB level besides Bayo, like mm-hmm. and Connor Wong, who's with the team now, and uh, Bizarro, I think, is with the team. They're starting to yep. do it. You know, maybe it's partially due to injuries. I don't know the health status completely of the team right now, to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. do it more. Like it would at be least nice. give people some excitement while watching prospects and watching the future and hope that it can work out. Well, that's the thing too is you got to start figuring out who out of these prospects you brought in have you hit on exactly. Like again, and that falls back onto Heim Bloom. So far, Connor Siebold has not worked out. That's a lot. I mean, that again, do you put that in the category of a win for Heim Bloom where you're able to get rid of guys like? Uh, Brandon Workman and Heath Hembree to bring in Pavetta and uh, and Siebel, but Siebel hasn't worked out. Pavetta has to the most part. You know, he's an average pitcher. You know, back into your rotation guys, so that's that's kind of a toss up. You got rid of Hunter. Ren- I mean, again, positive. You brought in Hunter Renfro. You were, you were able to find him, but then you trade him away for an outfielder that didn't work out and a couple of prospects that haven't gotten here yet. You don't know a lot about either one of them. The Mookie Betts trade, like you said, you're you're just calling up Connor Wong now, who has had a pretty solid season from what I've seen in the minors. You know, he's turned into kind of a little bit of a power hitter. Is he going to pan out the major league level? You kind of have to give him at bats here, but he's not playing tonight, like you said. Uh, Jeter Downs, to a lot of people, has not worked out in the Mookie Betts, so you didn't get enough enough back for him. You bring in Schwarber, but you let him walk. So it's like all of these moves that Bloom has made so far, a lot of them, maybe outside of what? The Garrett Whitlock finding an extension? Like every other one of these deals, it seems like, has come with some sort of negative connotation tied to it. Like maybe John Schreiber finding him. That one you give him a win for. But everything else, it's like every move he's made has kind of been, a there's a neg- like I said, a negative kind of back end to it. So you don't again. You're sitting here three years into the high and bloom experience now, and you've got what one ALCS that you kind of got to on a hope and a prayer, and after that, like you really haven't done anything else. And again, that's why this offseason is so important to, to nail it. But they just they they don't have. I I don't believe Sam Kennedy when he says he has the flexibility and the resources, unless they want to go over the luxury tax again, and then you fall into all those problems like I mentioned before, losing draft picks and losing compensation here and there. So. Your hands are tied. There's a lot of people that think this team is going to be worse off next year than they're going to, than they are this year, which is outstanding to think of or astonishing to think of with how bad they've been. Like it, it can get worse. Um, but just right now, I, again, it's the the same typical like used car salesman BS that the Red Sox ownership likes to spout out. I, I'll be shocked if they do anything productive in the off season. Cause again, I just don't think where they're at right now, they financially or, you know, maybe the desire that they can, But at least they have Reese McGuire and Tommy Pham. True. Those two moves have, yeah, worked out for a team that's not going to make the playoffs. Like, again, like a Tommy Pham, don't get me wrong. I, I didn't hate the Tommy Pham move. You and I talked about this. It was fine. But it came four months too short. You said it on this show. We can run the tape, go back and find what episode it was where you were like, oh, Tommy Pham's still a free agent. You need to right-handed outfield bat. Maybe sign that guy. Nope. You let him go to the Reds, and then you gave up draft capital for or you gave up capital to trade for him. So. After he slapped someone over fantasy football. Exactly, yeah. So you, so you had that negative connotation to him, too. But he's worked I'll out so this. far. Like, I'll can't complain too Hyam much. Bloom, Hyam Bloom W on his part is not signing Jesus Aguilar yet. Even that, though Yeah, I, I was Jesus waiting Aguilar, for you. Yep. But he came he was around nasty like three years ago. years ago. Exactly. He's an yep. awesome swing. He's this, he's this big beast. He just hits moon bombs. Mm-hmm. 
and now he's just, you know, not good. Shocked so, that they did not sign him, especially with Hosmer having a setback now. I am 100%. Right. Yeah, that too. I was even thinking Shocked. But, but who yeah. knows? Let's knock on wood. Maybe that moves the next move. It is September call-up, so rosters do expand. You have another couple of roster spots. Cautious. So Give me cautious. I don't know what they're waiting on. Or I really don't. We're talking about it a little bit. I just want to see cautious. If mm-hmm. they call up cautious for one more prospect, and that's it, I'd be cool with it. I would like to see Tristan Cautious, please. I'm asking nicely. Did you hear me? I said, please. Yeah, he said, please. He said it twice. Like I said, though, I, you'll see Casas with like five games left in the season, and he'll get four at bats, strike out in three of them because he's not used to major league pitching, and everyone will be like, oh, this guy's not worth it either. It's like, nope, they just mismanaged another guy when they should have brought him up here sooner. Like, instead, you decided to go with Franchi Cordero for the final 25 games of the year, and he hit a couple home runs that got everybody jazzed up and then struck out 40 more times. Like I was at a game. He hit a home run last Friday. Yeah. So I reversed jinx that game. Yeah. yeah, you did. You did reverse yep. jinx that game. No, you're um, welcome. Yeah. The Red Sox. I mean, they're still not good newsflash for anybody mm-hmm. who hasn't been keeping up. They're still uh, not good. So they might not be next year, despite what ownership says, <laughs> you know, I'm not optimistic. I'll tell you that no. much. I'll tell you that for free. So, mm-hmm. you know, things are bad. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe they'll get fixed. Maybe they won't. But like I've said, baseball is one of those sports. When the Red Sox suck, I just have a really hard time getting into it. It but is I, tough getting into it. Like I said, this is – I have them on the background right now. The only times I have watched Red Sox games or had them on is when we were doing this. This is some sort of right now, background I'm going to turn on a Missouri football game because I'd rather watch that. <laughs> Instead of the, of the Red, Red Sox. Sox. Missouri oh. went 6-7 and seven last year, but um, they have one of the top – incoming freshman receivers in the country um who i would like to watch so i'm going to turn that on to the side there you go you uh luther burden remember the name uh he's him as people call him these days he's that guy he's him and uh we'll see if he lives up to that right away for the missouri tigers never thought i'd be like going out of my way to watch missouri football but here i am um still an eagles fan though through and through uh so there's that a little college football tangent. Patriots. Mm-hmm. Patriots we have a roster. It's like not, you know, not in the best spot. For Did you I catch any of the preseason game Friday night? No, I was at We might have talked game. about That's right. That was the Red Sox game. And I texted you during it that like, this is, this is not going to be a fun season. No, like, they, it's like, it was the, I don't know, man. I'm so back and forth now. I'm, I'm like starting to get a little more like optimistic, you know, reading things and listening their defense um, is going to be what saves them because their offense is in such shambles. Just watching that game, like I, again, I had to turn it off because I couldn't stand. I mean, again, the Mac Jones pick. I know a lot of people have took picked that apart. No pun intended. Um, I'll credit to not seeing the the guy that picked him off. Like he tough look, but again, like discredit that. Um, Jones, I'm not worried about. Like you know that the skill set is there. It's the position he's been put in. Um, and again, we'll just. It's going to be something we talk about all season. The offense, the play calling, the way things are structured, uh, it has not been great. The protection has been horrible. It wasn't great again in that game. Um, now there's reports out there that, you know, you're getting rumblings of Trent Brown not being happy with the role he's been put in. Yeah, you're getting rumblings was, of Isaiah uh, Wynn. Like, I don't know about that tweet. It could just be nothing, but, like, mm-hmm. you can say that in, like, the sense of, like, oh, like, here's the media, like, yeah. hyping it up for nothing. But, like, there is a case. There yeah, is, it's a like, guy it's, that it's has a weird had tweet, weird yep. time, you know, a guy that's not, you know, a 
hasn't had the squeaky body all the time on whatever yeah, team he plays for. Hasn't had know. the cleanest track record of yeah being a reliable guy when it comes to you know wanting to be certain places. Like it was just it was just a weird time for it. I'm not I'm not accusing him of anything with his intentions behind this tweet, but it's just it's weird time for it. Mm-hmm. Tweet. That's all I'm yep. saying. I'm not gonna you know put on my detective hat here too much, but. I was hoping it was just, just, you know, he's in a joint practice with the Raiders, didn't work well with the Raiders. So maybe he's like, I don't want to be here. I didn't like my time here, you know, true, bad memory, true. stuff like that. But like you said, the more you hear about it, it's like, oh, maybe not. Again, like there's been reports that he's unhappy playing the left tackle where it's like that's where he's better suited. You and I both agree. Oh, no. Rather have had an unhappy Trent Brown there, honestly, than a guy that, like we know that i know i saw that internet connection thing came up every time one of us freezes and obviously i see yours Mm -hmm. from my perspective i always feel like it's just gonna last forever and sometimes last like 15 seconds and it feels like 15 minutes like oh no yeah what do we do Zoom is gonna crash no that's my Um, worst fear is it stops and it's just good black screen everything but missouri's head coach name it head coach's name is alaya drinkwitz um, I love this team. It's a hell of a um, name. I already like this team. They're 11 and 12 in his three seasons, fourth season overall. Wait a minute. I don't know who he was with before. Cause it says fourth season overall. He's 23 and 13, including that. And then he's 11 and 12 with his three seasons with Missouri. So I don't know where okay. he was before. I don't know if that's an error, but I don't really care to look. Um, yeah, man. I just, I'm just worried that Mac Jones is not going to make it out of the season. He alive. might die. I don't, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like the reports and it's the preseason. I know, but like, mm-hmm. I'd be stupid to completely turn a blind eye to the fact that the yes. offensive line, anybody would be not been good. Nope. Not been good. Um, Cole strange. Isn't really making headlines, which nope. I mean, he's a left guard. It's kind of hard to make headlines sometimes as a guard. Yeah. Unless you're Fine. barreling guys over and pancaking yeah. everybody left and right. So like, I'll give, I'll give the well, pass there. Like, it's not a flashy thing. But... The thing, too, like, Trent Brown. We spoke about Trent Brown. Cole Strange. David Andrews, reliable, but, like, not a guy I've heard a ton about this year. He's been breaking out fights. Mm-hmm. but Calling team meetings to be like, what the fuck's going on? Like We know what Micah Wenu is, but mm-hmm. we also kind of don't because he didn't play as much as a lot of us would have hoped last year. So He kind of took a step he's down. He's kind of a versatile guy, too, yeah. so we don't know if he's going to stick a guard. If they're going to move him to tackle at any point to play right tackle, what they're going to do for the left guard. I don't even know. He could, feels like the guy can play everywhere besides probably center. But mm-hmm. And then you have Isaiah Wynn, who they might trade. And who just stinks. Always yeah. hurt and just isn't very good. He has moments, but he's not mm-hmm. very good. He's not worth $10 million, So, oh. like, good luck selling a team on that. But if a team's desperate enough, maybe like the Cowboys, everybody was saying. Like, I was talking last week, too. Like, the Cowboys already lose Tyron Smith. Like, if teams lose tackles somebody might get desperate enough so hopefully mm-hmm. that becomes the case if the Patriots do feel like trading win is the right play but I do want Mac Jones to survive man I really it do it would be nice don't kill the rookie quarterback two years linebacker into the season linebacker core is interesting I like what they did with the practice squad um I like the group of safeties they I'd say their group of safeties is probably top three top five in the I, league I would agree with you that is definitely um, the strength of the team I've heard good reports about Jack Jones recently, a little bit about Marcus Jones, nothing that's alarming me, but they're rookies, so I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But Marcus Jones can be a good returner. That would be fun because I think they're going to mix him in there. Lynn Bowden could return some kicks. They ever elevate him. He's a guy the Patriots loved in 2020. They finally get him. Uh, the free agent, he was released by the Dolphins. So 
man, I just, it's also like the fact for us, we're just not used to it. So it e- even adds to the like uncertainty because the Patriots were so good for so long and we're mm-hmm. kind of like slowly transitioning to transitioning a, a, an average football stuff. team. Yep. So like it adds to the confusion even more because we don't have a sample size to work on, mm-hmm. which might make us sound like spoiled dickheads but it's true it's the it's truth true. Uh, it's i it hate is. when anyone brings that up oh your pictures are so spoiled yeah. it's like well it's like look what we're going off of here we can do what like we, we want, can't help like, it exactly it's, we can't help know. the position the football team has put us in yeah i mean huh? man yeah i just i hope mac jones is gonna be okay this year i hope he takes a step forward um my goodness. I am nervous though. Terrence Mitchell, speaking of the quarter group uh, released, but brought back to the practice squad. Harvey Longy is gone. Justin Bethel released and signed with the Dolphins. James Ferenc. I feel like James Ferenc is going to be on the practice squad for the next decade. He's just here every year. Yep. Gets released the and then Ferenc signs family. on. Yep. And his dad, Kirk. Devin Asiasi was kind of surprised to see him get claimed because, you know, he's a former third round pick, but like, mm-hmm. guy's just not great. But I mean, the Bengals did lose CJ Uzama in free agency. Maybe they want some depth behind Hayden Hurst and Drew Sample. That's fine. I mean, it was really cool. I saw a nice tweet from Devin's dad as well. I was just like, going to say that. Very classy of his dad to yeah. call out. Not call out because that's kind of a, a negative connotation, but to call out yeah. Bill Belichick and be like, thank you for giving my, my son a chance to, to play football or realize his dream or whatever yeah. it was. So that was a cool moment. Yeah, but. It's unfortunate that didn't work out, though, like you said. Yeah. I mean, him and Dalton Keene, the, the uh, Dove Kleeman tweet was, you know, him and, and Dalton Keene combined for five career catches. I think it was 55 career yards and a touchdown. Like, yeah. not great when you're yeah. giving up all that draft capital to Dalton move up Keene and get two tight ends. And Visited with Pittsburgh, I saw. I don't know if he signed yet. I didn't um, see anything, yeah. But, yeah, that I mean, for, like – Devin's family too. Like it must have sucked to have see them just sign two tight ends the year mm-hmm. after your kids drafted too. So they handled it with class. Yep. So that was cool to see. Um, Matt Sokol, don't even really know who that is. Jalen Weidermeyer. Jalen Weidermeyer has had an interesting offseason. He was a guy once touted as like a second round tight end. I think he might have went undrafted, which is really strange. Mm-hmm. But he was a good player in college, and uh, he's gone from like the Bills. Somewhere before the Bills and then to the Patriots and now released. Um, I don't think he got drafted. But I do not know. Rookie free agent tight end. Yeah, I'm I don't really care to look actually. <laughs> um yeah, he He's not here anymore. It doesn't yeah, matter. He's he's gone, but a guy that was once highly touted out of college. Oh no, he did make the practice squad, I think. He did, yeah. He, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yep. okay. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um Drew Dejarlay, the kid from the CFL, Yasir Durant, Arlington Hambright. Cody Russi and Will Sherman waves, Kevin Harrison, JJ Taylor, Josh Hammond, Lil Jordan Humphrey, and Trey Nixon, Cam McGrone, Nate Wyland, Jeremiah Farms, LeBrian Ray, Brad Hawkins, and Tristan Vasquiano. Um, you might be asking yourself if you haven't seen who made the practice squad. Uh, James Ferentz, Bill Pretty Murray. Pretty much all those guys. Actor, not the actor, Bill Murray. Yep. Cody Russi, Leroy Watson, who I saw is an offensive lineman, but can also play tight end. So, okay. Like Trickery is afoot. Yeah. On the uh, practice squad. Lim Bowden Jr., like we said earlier, I like Lim Bowden Jr. Just hasn't really worked out for him yet. Could work out here. I don't know, but it's practice squad, so it's a toss-up. Uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey, we have a Lil Jordan on our team, and four people named Jones. No other team can uh, say that can in the league. say that, so yeah. Advantage Patriots. Yep. Trey Nixon, the last Ernie Adams pick, sticks around. I'm glad he didn't get claimed. 
Uh, so Colin Weidemeyer stay around at tight end position. Kevin Harris sticks around along with JJ Taylor, a running back. Longy McGrone farms LeBron Ray, who had some flashes at camp from the sounds of things. Guy I wanted the Patriots to draft in the late rounds. He sticks around, which is nice. Um, Terrence Mitchell on the practice squad probably sucks as an older guy, but like mm-hmm. it's a roster spot. He'll probably get elevated pretty often during the season, if I had to guess. Um, and Brad Hawkins, who's another defensive back. So that's the practice squad. Any... What a fall for Mitchell. I was yeah. sorry to cut you off, but I mean, he no, was a guy no, we were talking ahead. about. It was, you know, first day of camp or close to it, or first preseason game was taken you know, number one corner snaps. And we're like, what are they doing with that move? And then obviously, like you said, gets, gets the Knicks, gets put on the practice squad. So a tough look there, but I, I agree with you hundred percent. He's a guy that's probably going to be up and down as the season goes on. Wouldn't surprise me if someone maybe snatches him off their practice squad at some point, just because it's a guy that has the, the veteran experience, you know, knows the system. Um, JJ Taylor was a little surprising to me. I'm obviously gets brought, but gets brought back on the practice squad, but a, a guy I thought was having a pretty decent, um, decent preseason, you know, a couple of reports and was having a decent camp. I thought, um, they don't put him on the roster. He's another guy. Maybe you could see up and down, but a guy that kind of fell out of favor. It seemed like last year, we talked a little bit about that where he was what scratched or healthy scratched for 14 weeks or something. It seemed like, so a guy that really never got a chance. Um, Harris too, a little interesting you know, they spend the draft pick on the running back and, you know, I talk about a guy you didn't really hear anything about in the preseason, um, so really not a, a huge surprise that he doesn't make the roster. He gets stuck on the practice squad. Uh, but other than that, like you said, Ference is a guy that it, it knows the situation. Bill Murray, I feel like, is the same way, like a guy that's going to be up and down off the practice squad, and that's kind of where he where he's at. Um, but nothing too surprising other than that when it comes to practice yeah. squad stuff. I can't – I'm not saying you think this way, but I can't be the only one that thinks of David DeHarnay from the Canadians every time I see Drew Gisard. A little bit, yeah. It throws me off somewhat. Yeah, I don't well, know. It's just mm-hmm. hockey brain. But the 53-man roster, we're not going to run through it all because that would just – not super necessary at this point. But one guy, I mean, of course, he's a draft pick, so I'm interested to see. But Pierre Strong in the mix, another guy we didn't really hear a ton about, and I didn't see much of the preseason, to be honest, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, interested to see how he factors into the equation because I think Ty Montgomery is kind of be – going to kind of be doing a lot of different things, a little bit out of the backfield, mm-hmm. um, just running the ball every now and again, a little bit in the passing game and special teams. So how much he is involved in the offense is remains to be seen, but seems like a guy who generated some buzz in camp. So could be a valuable asset, whichever hats he wears this year. Um, mm-hmm. But Pierre Strong, I hope we see a good chunk of him because at this point, even with Kevin Harris on the practice squad, I still have this thought in the back of my mind. They were going to lose Damian Harris because they drafted two running backs and they have Stevenson. Yep. So I want to see a good amount out of Pierre Strong this year. A guy I still, you know, don't really know exactly what to expect. So I'm hoping for good things. Um, another guy, another new guy, but a trade acquisition. Don't feel like we heard a lot about Devontae Parker this offseason. Not, what do you I think like about it, the Devontae Parker situation? I don't think you heard a lot about because I feel like he didn't play a whole lot in the preseason. So maybe they were holding him out just to, you know, keep him healthy to start the season. And he comes in as the one, all the reports at the start of camp, it seemed like he, him and Jones are building a rapport pretty quick and seeing like, you know, he was going to be a top target for Jones. There's some thoughts that maybe he has kind of knocked Kendrick Bourne out of a spot when it comes to the, the starting uh, wide receiver spot or just kind of the, the trio that they go with, whatever they decide. I'm interested to see how it works out. Cause I, I have high hopes for Parker. I think he's going to be a huge, help here but then again it all falls back onto the offense of what is the play calling going to look like 
is Jones going to have time to even get him the ball with how bad the offensive line has been in the preseason and in camp as, as we've heard plenty of times. Um, so the interest and the intrigue is there for me for Parker, but again, it all falls back onto what is this scheme going to look like and how are they going to use him and get this just, there's so many question marks. You don't know what it's going to look like. Also is Mac Jones going to be able to get him the ball. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's, it's very, the thing on strong and Montgomery too. I wonder if the the Patriots are kind of looking to see which one of those guys, I think, I feel like it's going to be Montgomery to start if he's healthy. Uh, But you have to think they're looking at one of those guys to take the discount James White, Brandon Bolden role from a year ago, where it's a guy that is more so the pass catcher out of the backfield than Harris or Stevenson. Cause I feel like this season more than not, the Harris and Stevenson split's going to be pretty darn, darn even. Like you saw obviously a little bit more Harris last year with Stevenson being a rookie and, you know, having a, a slow start, but he came on late, obviously was, was really good. I think this year you're probably going to see close to, to 50, 50 with those guys. Like you said, cause of the trade possibility of Harris, um, they're going to probably want to get a look at Stevenson to see if he can handle a, a, a larger workload. And I think he'll be up for that and he'll shine in that, uh, that spot. Yeah. I'm pretty much on the same page with you there. Mm-hmm. So Two like tight ends is interesting. Yeah. Really quick. Sorry. That's going yeah. Smith, man. Yep. Like, can we see something this year? Kind of seems like we're moving towards that, but yep. I will believe it when I see it. Exactly. Um, Same here. Another guy nobody talks about, but I'm just interested to see if we see him at all. Cause he's got that versatility. I love versatile linemen. Linemen. So does Bill Belichick. Uh, it's Jason Hines. I don't know how much we're going to see him this year, but I'm um, a guy at LSU. I was interested to see them take. I've heard good things about him as potential not like stud in the late rounds, but there's some, there's some value there. So I want to see how he gets involved, especially with the uncertainty of the O-line. Mm-hmm. You might want to try out some different looks. Maybe we see him late in the season. I don't know how they feel about him, but a guy I'm keeping my eye on kind of like the Will Sherman these days, once they draft the Will Sherman, like how's he going to fit in? Um, I like Jason Hines. I like what I read about him around the draft. So there's a guy I'm looking at on the line on top of Kajust because it sounds like he had some good moments in the preseason. So mm-hmm. he played a lot you, from what I remember seeing. So maybe there's... if you trade win, I mean, we're yeah. going to see Kajust probably unless it's Justin Haran who they would want to go with in that hypothetical sense. Um, I think Hines might be more of a guard if they put him in a role this year at any point, but I don't know. I'm not running the plays and they don't really know who's running the plays <laughs> consistently yet either. So we have a lot I'd in ra- common. I'd rather have, Brian Hoyer call the plays than Matt Patricia. Honestly, like, like, what's what's uh, James White doing right now? Like, we joked about it. The one that joked about it was like, you call him up and see if he wants to be the OC for half a season just to see if it works out. Like that too, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I feel like Edelman would love being on the sidelines. Oh, probably be a gem. He's built Um, for that, I think. But yeah, him and Edelman and White are both going to be doing TV stuff. I, I didn't see it, but. Jay's White's TV debut apparently went very well. So yeah, yeah. he just, he seems like a pretty mellow, like, like super good vibes guy. So I mm-hmm. think he'll be fine on TV. I'd like to see him on TV yep. pretty frequently this year, see what he can do because I don't see him being bad. I feel like as a guy that's been around for a while and knows the game enough to hold his own on a TV crew. But the rest of the roster, uh, Sam Roberts, cool story if we're talking about, you know, a different vertical here. Grew up a Patriots fan, went to Northwestern, like Missouri State, I think it was, and makes the team at a late-run draft pick. So the Patriots have done pretty good with defensive linemen over the past few years for the most part. So maybe they find a diamond in the rough, kind of like a Kyle Duggar, just at a different position mm-hmm. uh, with Sam Roberts. So interested to see how that goes. Good to see him make the roster. Um, was it hit? I think it was him who 
I could be wrong, but there was somebody, I don't know if it was on the Patriots. Did you see the video of the kid who like said when he told his dad he made the team, it was like the first time his dad told him he was proud of him. I did not see that. That's... I think it was Sam Roberts, but like I don't think he meant it in a bad way. I, I was going to say, it, like, I'm like, that sounds... The magnitude of like what it meant to him. Maybe okay. not like the first time he's ever said it verbatim. Yeah. But I think it was Sam Roberts. I don't know. I did not see I that. I don't know who it was, but if, you know, I'm not claiming 100%, so it could be someone else. But if anybody if anybody knows, like, it was, it was a pretty interesting video, whoever mm-hmm. it was. I thought it was Sam Roberts. I think I'm wrong, but anywho, I mean... Grow up a Patriots fan. That's cool to see him crack the roster as a late round pick. Yep. They have pretty good depth at defensive line. So I'm not super worried about that. I'm worried more about what Matt Judon can do because, you know, he things are a little dicey for Matt Judon. At the end yeah. Of the he did a lot of talking and pissing people off on Twitter. And I, I mm-hmm. haven't forgot that. Like, you were one I, of them. Yep. He pissed me off. Yeah. I, I held out hope, but you were, you went full blown against Matt Judon. Like, that's my thing with him is, you know, can he put a full season together? Obviously, that is going to help win you games. Um, you know, he is probably the anchor. I mean, you, maybe you could say Bentley is the anchor though at that linebacker core, but like Judon's the, the older guy there. He's the veteran, um, probably the best out of the bunch. Like you hope he can put together a full season and not taper off 12, 13 weeks into the year. And like, again, piss you and I off as the season goes on. Yeah. And the linebacker group too, you know, Bentley's got a new deal. He's got to live up to Anthony Jennings has caught some eyes at camp this year from the sounds of things guy that had some tough luck early on in his career, but he's an Alabama guy. So Belichick's going to give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Rick Horn McMillan. I'm interested to see how he fits into the group yep. here. A little bit of an older guy. I think he's like late twenties. Mac Wilson guy from all accounts seems to just absolutely love being here. And they traded Winovich for him. So he had a great preseason too. I like what him. I saw and heard. So I'm very excited to see what he brings to the table. There's a couple of plays I watched where he's like, like, Judon was at the start of the year, you know, hair on fire all over the field. So if you yeah. can get that out of that guy, that, that, that works out perfect. Yeah. They, uh, they like DeMarcus Mitchell enough to keep him around. He keeps yep. the undrafted free agent streak alive with Brendan Schooler. So happy to see Brendan Schooler, the cool hair, the mustache. He's got that dog in him on special teams in the preseason. I think he's mm-hmm. just got a Belichick gem diamond in the rough type of guy written all over for him um, on special teams. But Demarcus Mitchell, like I said with the preseason, I get didn't get much of a chance to see Mitchell, so I'm interested to see him on the field once the regular season kicks off. Mm-hmm. Um, the quarterback group we kind of talked about him. I mean, Jalen Mills is technically the, the hell out of one you. corner. Yeah. Sean Wade might actually play this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know though. Yeah, uh, Miles Bryant <laughs> technically, like in terms of experience, is like your third corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Just don't yeah. play him against the Bills. Whatever you do. Jack like, and Marcus, please. Jack and Marcus, please. That's what please I mean. Do. You're putting a lot of hope and pressure on the two young rookies, which I don't like, but maybe one of them. I mean, again, I can't remember which Jones it was, but one of them had a way more standout, better preseason. It might have been Jack Jones. It was Jack. Um, yeah, that had the better of the two. So maybe that's a guy that they hope can – I mean, obviously they hope that both of them can, but he seems to be the guy they hope more so can kind of blossom into that top tier corner or top, you know, on the team, not saying league wise, um, but maybe give Jalen Mills or Jonathan Jones a run for their money when it comes to, you know, the, the one and two spots. Yeah. You sure hope so. Because I, I truly do not know what to expect. And Jonathan Jones is coming off. A, yeah, too, yeah. He's uh, another question mark. Injury. So yep. like, how is he going to hold Good player, up? but good. yeah. But like, he's also got pressure on him too. Like pending free agent next off season, he's yep. going to want to prove himself returning from injury. So hopefully he can really step up. Um, and be a leader and be a contributor. So mm-hmm. 
don't like the quarter group, not anything against the players. I just don't like the depths. Just ne- given the neglect again for the position. We're used to a combination of Jackson and Gilmore. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be an adventure, I'll say that. But like we talked about earlier, the, the safety group's really solid. Yep. Uh, Kyle Duggar, ex- fully expecting him to take another step forward this year. We know what Adrian Phillips is, even in a short time here. Um, did enough in his first couple of years here to earn an extension, I think, like in the spring. So they got big yep. expectations for him. Devin McCourty is a proven commodity. Just hope he doesn't start to slip um, with age. Uh, Jabril Peppers, excited. I mean, this guy was an absolute freak in college. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't worked out for him, like, tremendously in the NFL, but a guy that's still got some reason for hope left and some explosiveness. So I like that. <coughs> Allergies. Yep, not fun. And you got Josh Bledsoe at safety. Another one of those late-round guys you're seeing when you have, and then we'll see if he plays yep. much this year, how much he's in the mix. And special teams, outside of really Justin Bethel getting let go and going to Miami, uh, Jake Bailey at punter, Joe Cardona at the long snapper, Nick Folk as your kicker, Cody Davis on special teams, Brendan Schooler, and Matthew Slater. And Jack Jones changed his number to 13 for some reason. I don't That's think gonna be ever weird to see. Yep. Corner wearing 13, but all the power to you, Jack. Absolutely. Um, no sweat on me. Uh, look, man, I'll I'll sit on this for a little while and have my official final record prediction preseason next week. Yep. That is what we're, <laughs> I don't we're waiting on. That's, I, yeah. I don't know. I think I got an idea looking at, I was messing around with schedules and stuff like the, the website that we're going to use. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it yeah. plans out where you go week by week. You got to send that to me because I didn't do that. I'll, yep, I'll, I'll give you that because it helps out so much where it's like, all right, you're actually putting up teams against each other and the records actually make sense where you don't have like no, four, four or five teams. I'll go 11 and six, 10 and six, and it wouldn't work out mathematically there. So I'll, I'll send you that at some point. Um, but yeah, no, like you said, no surprise on the special teams unit. Um, I found it interesting. I found this tweet from Doug Kide the other day that said the Patriots have 10 rookies on their initial 53-man roster, a second-year quarterback, and they still have the second-oldest roster in the NFL. Uh, that's pretty wild, he said. The Buccaneers, which no surprise there, is the only other older roster in New England. So you're seeing, I mean, which I like to see. I'm sure you like to see it too. The Patriots are trying to go in a more younger direction. I have to assume 10 rookies on the roster is the most they've had in probably a while. I'm not going to put a number to it because I don't know, but it's good that they're heading in that direction. But again, you're going to have to rely on some of the more veteran guys. Like you said, Kim McCordy still keep it up with, you know, him getting older can Jude on, like I said, put together a full season. And then there's just, again, the, the questions on the offense as a whole, like who knows what it's going to look like. It's, it's going to be ugly. I think to start the season, there is an opening. Uh, Cause from Philly eights today, the Patriots play second round wide receiver type or second yeah, round pick wide receiver. Uh, Taekwon Thornton on IR, meaning he is out for a minimum of four games. So there's a tough blow there. There's still questions about Ty Montgomery. Is he going to be placed on IR if they haven't made that decision already? I haven't seen. Um, so maybe a roster spot opens up there. You have to think. If Montgomery goes on IR, then you'll probably see either J.J. Taylor or Kevin Harris back up here. Um, we'll see what one of those running backs gets you. But we talked about it last week. The, the Thornton blow is a tough one because I think it was a guy you and I were, were pretty high on. Probably wasn't going to make an immediate impact with, you know, being lower on the depth chart when it comes to wide receivers, but a guy that was having a good camp. And again, we said it last week, it stinks that you're not going to have him for at least the first four games of the year, probably longer with, you know, the, the timetable return for him. Yep. I just hope we see Taekwon go off a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. In some, yep. Just to give the reassurance that you got something out of that 
second round pick at the wide receiver position. Cause we know it has not been a great position when it comes to the draft uh, for the Patriots. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens with Taekwon hoping for a speedy recovery and with Ty Montgomery potentially out to start the year, it's a good opportunity for Pierre Strong to get his feet wet a little bit. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens there. You had a list of standouts on surprise cuts from around the NFL. And yeah, I'll run through those really. Patriots. Exactly. There was a lot of common threads on this, but uh, starting with a couple former Pats, one was brought back, uh, was signed by another team rather, rather than brought back. Mohamed Sanu uh, and Sonia Michelle were both cut by the Dolphins. Michelle, of course, later signed with the Chargers. Josh Gordon, who I didn't even know was still in football. Um, he was cut by the Chiefs as well as Danny Shelton. The Titans picked up Josh Gordon. Uh, Danny Etling, again, did not know he was still playing. He was cut by the Packers. Former Patriot defensive back Loban Ryan was cut by the Buccaneers. You added this. Uh, he's being brought back on the practice squad. Did you see, or is he? I just saw the someone said he was being brought he's... back. And okay, so there you go then. Look at that time. So all right, so there's back. that then. I was thinking when they when they cut him, I was like, oh, there we go. Like Belichick's going to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Would have made some sense with how light that position back. is. But but yep. Yeah, so I he is. The position is exactly so. Yeah, but he is going back to the Bucks, as you said. Uh, Interesting one by the Vikings quarterback, Kellen Mond. He was cut, was later claimed by the Browns. Uh, running backs Duke Johnson and tight end O.J. Howard were cut by the Bills. There were reports that Howard was going to sign with, was it Cincinnati? He was meeting with the other Cincinnati. day, but he ends up Raps, signing Raps with Houston. said the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. He said he's like preparing to sign the like paperwork or physical or whatever, and then they signed what's-his-face, uh, Asi Asi. They yeah, Asi Asi, yeah. Um, and now he said, like, kind of a similar tweet to te- the Texans. So, I don't know. Maybe it'll not work out there, too. So. Yeah, you go 0 for 2. That wouldn't be a great look. A uh, couple of running backs. just looks worse and worse. Exactly. Yeah, that just does not work out. Um, some running backs from the Jets, Tevin Coleman, LaMichael P. Ryan, a couple of known names there. They were both cut. Quarterback Josh Rosen was cut by the Browns. He was later signed to their practice squad. Uh, punter Brett Kern was cut by the Titans. Uh, running back Marlon. Brett, as according to the typo in Adam Schefter's tweet, is, like, longtime Brett. Mm-hmm. Kern, instead of <laughs> yeah. long-time punter, punter Brett, Kern, Brett Kern, yeah, been, been Brett for a while. Yep, he has been Brett probably his whole life. Um, yeah, so the Titans cut him. Uh, Marlon Mack was cut by the Texans. That was one of the bigger surprises of the uh, the, the cut-down period. Same thing with the Colts. They cut Philip Lindsay, um, former 2021 first-round pick. This was the biggest one by far. Uh, number 17 overall, right tackle Alex Leatherwood was cut by the Raiders uh, and claimed by Chicago. And then second-year running back Trey Sermon, he was waived by the 49ers. Uh, was claimed by the Eagles was that today they signed him. Yep. The Raiders having a ton of success with their former draft picks. This was some Phil Yates I found Crazy. on Twitter the other day, just to put in perspective of probably somebody else should be at the wheel when it comes to drafting first round picks for the Raiders. Uh, Phil Yates said Raiders first round picks from 2019 to 2021, 2019 uh, defensive end, Cleland Farrell running back, Josh Jacobs and safety, Jonathan Abram fifth year options all declined. 2020, we know what happened with Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett, both way falling off field incidents. And then this year, Alex Leatherwood waived after one season. So not a great draft period. I know people like to get on Bill Belichick and his draft picks for the Patriots. Could be worse. You could be in the spot of the Raiders and really nothing working out for that team. Yeah, or you could yeah. be the Bills and spend a draft pick on a punter that turned out to be an absolute asshole that we're not going to get into yeah, really I'm in just... any way, shape, or form. But the punt god is yeah. no more, uh, and rightfully so. You can get an idea of what we think about him. I just yeah. I don't want to talk about the details. No, absolutely not. The absolutely. details I saw on Twitter are just absolutely disturbing. Yeah, the I like I was legit shocked reading the mm-hmm. article about it the day yep. of. Like it's it's very disturbing and 
I think people know what the deal is at this point. Yep. And, not going to go too much further into it. it. It's just pretty, pretty mortifying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, the McDaniels and Ziegler regime, they didn't want to keep around Alex Leatherwood. He wasn't really good when they had. Yeah. He was, he was not great in the past with, I think, Basaccia and someone else they had last year or something. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on that, but. John Gruden? Or, well, Gruden's, Jager, yeah. Gruden's like the GM, isn't he? I don't even know. No, who who do they fire? Idiot, so it? Who really cares? That's what, yeah. he that's yeah. what his role is. Oh, didn't Gruden's want, not. want Brady and Gronk. Like, yeah, that's just more. Gruden's not the GM there. They they fired Gruden to bring in, or to have Passaccia replace him. That's what it was. Same difference. They got the idiot with the bowl cut that I can't think of his name as the GM or their owner oh, or whatever. Yeah, Mark Davis. I knew yeah. I was forgetting somebody. I'm having yep. salad brains till the end of the show, which we mm-hmm. tend to have sometimes. Oh, blame it on uh, allergies. Yeah. Just yeah, pin it on exactly. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's Perfect. what it is. Um, yeah. But Trey Sermon, too. I mean, I don't know what happened there. A little surprising. Yeah. Quickly. And the, the Eagles are definitely a team that could use running back depth besides for sure. Well, and, uh, and Sanders. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that works out. Any other closing remarks? I don't really uh, not really. I think I, I am good. Uh, have a fantasy football draft tomorrow. If you could give any sort of recommendations on who you would take at six in a 10-man league, I took Austin Eckler in a five-man – at the fifth pick in a 10-man league last night, so got lucky there. I don't think he'll fall to six tomorrow night, but not really sure what direction I'm going to go in there. Yeah, you can just – What would you do? Like you've done with – Fantasy hockey drafts primarily in the past. I gave up on fantasy hockey this year. I have a couple of last place finishes the last couple of years. So I'm like, yeah, I've, oh, no. I've had enough of just lighting Couldn't money on fire. I'm a, no. I'm a stud at fantasy hockey. Humble brag. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got my fantasy draft on Sunday. So we'll see how that goes. We did a wheel to determine the draft order this year. So mm. yeah, we just did it that way. I got fifth overall, eight team league. Very nice. Only eight. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, we. I don't know what the deal is. I don't make the league, so I'm not mm. gonna, you know, second. No, complain too much. The league. I don't really care. You know, it's just it's just fantasy football. It's a little more fun that way. You get better teams, though. Absolutely, that's uh, true. I should say I ended up with the first pick this, today, but traded it for six. Ended up with the first pick last year in the same league. Traded it for five. Took Nick Chubb at five overall and won the whole league. So, there you say go. we say what you will about that. Yeah, it was not a. A dis- smart decision last year made like every wrong move, taking Nick Chubb five overall, trading away Keenan Allen after a couple weeks where he was not doing well for DeAndre Hopkins, and then Hopkins got hurt. Uh, yeah, it was every move that I made last year was wrong, but that was an eight man league too, so that's kind of saved me a little bit there. But hopefully, we can have the same success this year trading the first overall selection uh, than I that I had last year doing the same exact thing. Yeah, we'll see though. We shall see. Episode 109 in the books here on a Thursday night. Sorry to anybody who was expecting to see it this morning when they woke up. But, you know, sometimes we got to reschedule things. Yep. But we're on schedule to be back next Wednesday. NFL season preview, Patriots season preview primarily. Mm-hmm. Maybe some other stuff. We'll see what comes out for news. But stay tuned for that. Episode 110 next week. Thank you for listening to episode 109 in the pa- and past episodes. If you're new, thank you for being here. Please continue listening. It's good. And I say it a lot, but like our audience just keeps growing and it's crazy to me. So I would like it to keep growing. That'd be really cool. So if you like it and give us feedback, that's cool. If you want to just listen, do that too. So it doesn't really matter to me as long as you listen and enjoy. That's what we do this for. So yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Craddy. You can follow the show 
at Soundcraty Pod. Oh, I switched up the order there. And you can follow Ryan at Ryan underscore Salvaggio. Uh, we haven't posted in a while because I've just been swamped and haven't had the energy after work to post stuff, but maybe I'll get back on it. For football season, probably will. But the TikTok content will be back eventually. We just kind of post when we feel like it mm-hmm. and see what happens. But if you want more TikToks, let us know. Um, Give us ideas of what you'd like to see. Yeah, yeah, maybe do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts, rate review on Apple and Spotify. And uh, you can follow full press coverage on Twitch, YouTube, download the app, check out all the full press content or watch us there live. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. Be safe, stay healthy, be nice to people, all that good stuff. And we'll talk to you next week with football on the horizon. Woo! Peace out. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.